Hi, everybody. Welcome to You're Missing Out. Uh, you might have noticed this one is titled a little differently. It's dubbed YMO 1.0. That's because uh, with this coming weekend being 4th of July weekend, we decided to take a week off. Um, you know, some folks don't have time for podcasts on 4th of July weekend. Uh, so no sense in dropping a totally new episode during this. However, some folks uh, definitely have time for a podcast during a long weekend. So we didn't want to leave you high and dry. So what we are doing this week, we've done this before uh, in our first season. Uh, Tom and I used to host a different podcast that had this name back in 20, what would you say, Tom, 2017, 2018, something like that? Oh, it had, I mean, because this episode, Alec references John Wick 2, so it must have been 2017 when this was recorded yeah I so how how long we how long it actually lasted i don't remember but definitely yeah but, around that time um and so we used to have an old version of the show and what we're gonna do uh is we're putting up uh a an old episode uh of the show uh which features us from uh several years ago uh sounding different feeling different in very different places in our lives uh, but we're here now to give a bit of context so you aren't totally confused why you're hearing people that sound and act different. Um, we've put up two of these before. Uh, if you go back to our first season, uh, we put up an episode with Phil Iskov, uh about Babe Pig in the City that we did. And we had an episode on the Rocky Horror Picture Show and Midnight Run. So you can find those if you want to check those out. This is the third one we're taking out of the uh, proverbial uh, You're Missing Out vault. Uh, in this episode, so the old format of the show, um, which yielded mixed success, was that Tom and I would pick films for one another uh, that they hadn't seen. So Tom would pick a movie I hadn't seen, I had picked a movie he hadn't seen, that we felt the other person was missing out on, hence the title that we, we have. Um, and the whole idea was we'd pick films for each other talk about it and then uh wrap up each segment talking about uh i think the two questions were you know what are you going to remember from this film and then uh if people haven't seen this do you think they're missing out in this case we wanted to bring a guest on i think this was the first time we had ever had a guest on the show which is uh, a person who has been on our show now this version of the show twice vice victus uh folks have heard him uh talk about the best years of our lives and All Quiet on the Western Front, two Best Picture winners. The film he's talking about on this vintage episode is not a Best Picture winner. In fact, I'd have to check my sources, but I don't think it was nominated. Uh, I'm not sure. No. I don't think. Uh, no. And uh, <laughs> if it was released in this decade, in the last 15 years, though, it's so bad, it probably would have got nominated. Um. um I'm surprised it's a movie that uh, Todd Phillips or one of the Farrelly brothers didn't make because it's that <laughs> just just horrendous. And uh, having listened to this godforsaken episode about this godforsaken movie was truly like going back to save the prisoners of war in Rambo 2. <laughs> like, I'd erased this goddamn thing from my memory. And I had to relive it listening to this so we could record this intro, which also, by the way, it just hit me. We should have released the Elvis episode for 4th of July weekend because there's a new Elvis movie coming That's true. out. That's true. But that one, uh, I haven't revisited in a while, but is not fun to listen to at all. But so that's... Been, it's, 
But it's a good example of where we were and yeah. what's changed. Uh, so that's yeah, that's kind but, of a key thing with this with this old version of the show is is um, one of the things we locked into when we were doing this uh, with this new show. You know, th- this version because we're dealing with the National Film Registry is we held ourselves to the idea that you know one of our things we tell everybody when we do this is we're talking about not if but why these films matter that we we have to approach it from a positive place and we ha- we it's our job to do the work to figure out why these films matter even if on first viewing we don't like them that was not a uh a restriction on us in the earlier version of the show which is why there are Obviously. some yeah which is why there are some uh very bad episodes <laughs> that are just like us coming in and somebody just going ah, i don't know i didn't like it it's bad we're done you know, it wasn't. It wasn't. It didn't always yield to the best content. Um, but when we were thinking about old episodes to put out, I thought this one was interesting. Not just because, like Tom points out, and he's right. You know, to see the difference of where we're at in our lives. You know, um, we talk about on this episode uh, the three of us working together uh, at the time. We were all working together at a movie theater, and now uh, all three of us are in. Uh, uh, careers that are decidedly not working behind a register or serving food. Um, uh, Kyle also wasn't involved with the show at the time. Kyle, Kyle was not. This was uh, as, so. That's the biggest warning we should give up top. I think you're right. Uh, Kyle was not involved in the show. This uh, that show was uh, the original version was entirely self produced. I was doing the editing and, and all of that, and yeah, uh, didn't give a shit about anything, and thus used <laughs> much much shittier it audio equipment. Awful. It sounds so I mean, I bad. Also, I mean, I also just sound clearly like I don't fucking care. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm listening to my voice. I'm like, holy shit. Like, I don't, do I sound like this on the the current show? Because I really, truly just sound like I, I don't care that, like, this is a recorded thing that I'm, like, <laughs> I'm supposed to be trying to be entertaining. I just sound just so, I mean, listen, to be fair, the movie it is just truly, like, getting electrocuted on your nuts for like the 90 minutes that piece of shit is which again in terms of like the new show and how we have to always find a way in there is nothing with that you'll listen to the episode and we one i think it takes us 45 minutes to get to talking about the movie because we're just talking about literally anything else we can think of and then when we get to the movie we're talking about like oh what this movie could have meant if it was good. <laughs> oh, it could have been like Blade. It could have been like this, but it's worse than Spawn. It's worse than blah, blah, blah. And we're just literally everything. It's just like, yeah, okay, I get it. But it's incompetent. It is bad. It is bad, bad, bad. Also, fuck you. You were too nice to Alec on this movie. You were trying to be like, oh, you know, I think it was okay. Like there was I was trying that, to no. put on a show. I was you can still put on show. a show and say, hey, why did you do this to us? So this still- is the thing. This is the thing. Like, my my thing with the old show, and I think turned into this show, Um, my thing that I turned into this show is that whenever we did this uh, and we would pick movies for each other, I always tried to bring to it, and I think my mentality on it was to always try and bring to it, like, okay, if this movie got picked by whoever it was, whether it was you or a guest, it got picked for a reason. Now, I didn't always like these films. Um, I didn't always, you know, I, I can I can think of a couple where I was just like, oh, I don't I don't enjoy this process. But 
I always tried to look for like, okay, but there's a reason that Tom picked this movie. You know, you've you, there's no you wouldn't just pick a movie that you personally thought was mediocre. There's a reason that you picked it. Well, and I would for that try one and episode find... we did where we tried to hurt each other. Well, yes, we did two of those actually. I think did we? Didn't we? I think no, so. I think we just did one where it was what was it? You picked Spice, Spice World and me. Only God Forgives. Yeah, uh, that's right. It was yeah. that I had you I on Spice World, the and then I thought okay. Um, but in any event. I always tried to find like why you would why this film got picked the same way we do it with the current show is like why is this in the registry? I always find that more interesting in that way. So the fact that he picked this movie, I really wanted to get in the heart of why. And what I say in in the end about it being kind of like a TBS movie and that kind of thing or a TNT movie, like I I still feel that. I don't despise the, the film. Um so that was kind of how I approached it on that one, how I always tried to approach it on on the show. Now, again, sometimes that works, sometimes that doesn't. And I think that, uh, you know, that, that becomes a little more, uh, that, that would sometimes be more challenging on some episodes than others. But I think that one of the, one of the things that, I, I did enjoy when when listening to this. You're right. We took a while to talk the movie because we decided like the first half would be us just talking about Vice and his career. Um, at that point, I would say at that point he was still building his online brand and his online following, which obviously has now flourished with uh, the Action for Everyone podcast and everything like that. Um, but at the time, you know, was, he wasn't really getting us. He didn't have a. a he he didn't have a show of his own. He wasn't really talking about that as much and like what brought him to writing. So uh, we really took advantage of that to get to talk about that. It was weird going back, listening to this stuff because we were talking about work and stuff. And um, just remembering that time period, you know, and how much better all of our lives are. Yeah. Like a year ago, your your life was pretty shit, but then you got <laughs> a good job. So like now we can all kind of rightly say everyone's everyone's in a better position than being, you know. So without any further ado, everybody, uh, here is our discussion from 2018 uh, with Vice Victus about his pick for our old format of the show, 1996's uh, Universal Soldier inspired film, uh, Solo. Uh, hope you guys enjoy it. We will be back with new episodes next week. So check back here next week. Jordan Beck is joining us again on the show to talk about Fantasia. So stick around for that. Yeah, good luck with Solo, guys. Happy 4th of July. All right, guys. So we are here uh, with a special guest this episode, film writer Vice Victus. Read his work on a couple sites. You've probably seen him on Twitter. Uh, he had a gummy bear tweet that got stolen and went viral. It was a whole to do. It was a whole scandal. If you ever tried to race Blaine from on Twitter, he's probably said to suck his dick. This. <laughs> stealing that one. Too. <laughs> and he's joining us now. We've wanted to get him on the show for a while. We're really happy he picked the film this episode, and we're just gonna take a little time to help those of you who don't know him get to know him. So, uh, do you want to give us uh, give the listeners a little background on who you are and how you got into this uh, this particular world? Yeah. So, hello everybody once again. So, where do I start? Um, I guess the main thing was, uh, so, I am a uh, Army veteran of 12 years. Uh, I was in from uh, 2003 to about 2016, so, you know, 13 years, really. And 
I've always been a big fan of movies. Uh, you know, they've always and I've used movies since I've got out to like kind of help process the stuff I went through. So kind of my, I guess you could say my niche and criticism is about uh, is war films, but also stuff you know dealing with the the black experience, quote unquote. Um, you might have said a lot of no one's gonna hear that. He <laughs> said it, and it just sounds. No, weird. It's, it's a yeah, yeah, it's a secret. Like you know, because it's like one of those tricks. Like my voice sounds like you know like a, like a white Steve Urkel. So if you hear me now, you know I don't I don't sound black, but I'm pretty dark. You know, it's all good though. Anyways, before I got out, I was in Afghanistan in 2012 or 2013, and I started. Uh, well, I was always an active commenter on certain uh, websites, and at one point uh, there was a. A TV show that came out called Enlisted it was a comedy on a uh, Fox Network about uh, kind of kind of like a uh, stripes light kind of thing. A uh, hard hard ass uh, sergeant goes to a uh, eight up National Guard uh, unit to kind of whip him in shape. And uh, all the friends that I knew on the website said, "Hey, uh, we love to know what you think about this show." And so I said, "Fuck it, I got you know I've got enough to do." Well, with twelve hour shifts in Afghanistan, the other twelve is kind of like dead air, so. I said, fuck it, I'll review, I'll review the whole series. So I did that, and I uh, got a great response from, uh, oh, this was, this was uh, Birth Movies Death, was website. So I got a great response from the fans and, and the, and the uh, staff. And they said, yeah, if you want to just keep, uh, if you want reviewing uh, anything, just let us know, we'll do it. And so I did. Uh, you know, my first published review was a uh, Robocop remake. Um, which, again, part of my, so with my experience, you know, like, watching a movie about, you know, PTSD and, and, uh, our wars overseas while being overseas kind of gives you a particular insight that's unusual for most you know film critics who are just like kind of academic so I did that for uh, I continued with that but then uh, when I got out um, I just kind of you know continued uh, sharpening my skills it's kind of uh, going to a bunch of film festivals here and there uh, and yeah so I'm still doing that now I'm, I'm but also I'm also uh, a student now as well with my GI Bill so it's kind of been a balance between Writing when I can, seeing films when I can, and keep keep up with my studies. But uh, so far so good. I think it's been uh, overall pretty, pretty good transition to the back back into the world. Um, and yeah, like I said, I'm watching movies and, and talking about them helps me helps me do that. Now I've I I met you. Uh, weirdly, it's kind of hard to say it that way, because technically I met you through Tom, but Tom and I also both met you at the same time. Yeah, so Tom, yeah. you want to get into that story, just how we all know each other. Um, well, it was basically just uh, around the time Sony was continuing this rumor that they were going to make a Dark Tower movie. Um, <laughs> still never released, which is very weird. Uh, I've got photographic his... proof that they were trying to make it. Yeah, This um, has been his bit for years. Um, you, but yeah, you... I went down to... Uh, they were filming in Manhattan, and uh, I was actually kind of recruited by one of the writers of BMD, one of the kind of now higher up Scott Wampler, <laughs> and uh, basically recruited me to go down there and uh, take some spy photos because he too was a big Dark Tower guy and he too wasn't, uh, didn't believe this goddamn fallacy that there was a Dark Tower movie being made. Yeah, so I went down there to do that and uh, my friend Vice here reached out and was like, oh, I'm going to be in Manhattan the day you're doing this we should meet up and uh or i think it was maybe oh well we should meet up at some point it wasn't the yeah. same day uh it was actually a day i went to see john carpenter perform his concert for the first that's, time that's why we i was trying to remember yeah, why we Mike were why we were together that day yeah. and so after the show we went to a bar that was not too far from the concert and we met up with 
fights for the first time, which uh, is funny because you would have thought, oh, that would probably be the only time we met, blah, 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 because, you know, we live in Long Island, and he's the guy on Twitter, and how many times are we going to end, end up actually meeting the guy? Cut to, uh, I think at this point, four, three, four months later, uh, we're working at the same place, the oh, yeah. Alamo Draft House in downtown Brooklyn. <laughs> and uh, this this guy apparently has been waiting two years to drop a goddamn bomb on me and ruin my fucking life by making me watch Solo. <laughs> the long game, my friend. That's the yeah. long con. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna get into that uh, in a bit, but, but yeah. Um, so that's how we all essentially ran into each other and kind of formed this little social circle we got yeah. that uh, uh, as through Kismet or as uh, the failed Dark Tower adaptation would have been Ka is a wheel, <laughs> and we all became this uh, unfortunately doughy quartet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just that it, it even saying it out loud, out loud now it does sound somewhat weird to say. Oh, I met this guy on, on the internet. Um, but for me, I've met several, quite a few friends, including the, my current uh, associates in my, my website, online first. And then we kind of just, we've had these uh, rendezvous in real life, and then we've always hit it off. So, like, I'm, it, yeah, this is just a, a weird thing, like, a part of me getting back into the world is, like, forced myself to, like, meet people, like, in the ways I normally wouldn't have. And, you know... As it turns out, it was one of the best things ever happened to me. You know, like I had a whole, whole set of friends. Because for a while, I mean, you know, you have a, you have an alias, you have an, you have an authorial yeah. name. It, it's you, you know, you kind of maintained your anonymity uh, in the writing right. world. So the only responses you were getting were through like comment section things like that. How did that? How how was that experience? Kind of coming at that as sort of. Well, I'll say first off, the reason I had the alias was uh, being in the army at the time. I was under uh, the Uniform Corps of Military Justice, UCMJ. It's the military's own uh, penal code, as it were. So, and one of those, you know, we don't have freedom of speech the same way you have constitutionally. So I was limited to what I could, what I could legally say uh, if I were to write, you know, online or on social media or just in general. It's, it's you know, it's a pretty strict or stringent code. So I used the, uh, the pen name just kind of to keep that, keep that at bay and speak freely without worrying about retribution. It also it also because uh, it became uh, it, he he became me, or uh, it's it's a weird thing to say because uh you know for the longest time you know over a decade I didn't use when I referred to myself in my own mind my, I wouldn't be my first name I'd be Sergeant my last name yeah. um so my whole you know <laughs> remaking my identity my, my identity in the first place and they kind of I needed an outlet to do it again like or to like deal with that I guess. So you know, I have my, my, my government name, then I have my uh, my, you know, my my rank and you know, my my, my uh, official name, and so the the vice was just kind of a way to decompress and let, let up my, my creativity and, and just be free to speak how I wanted to. Um and but and so with that though I, I kind of got a, a pretty immediate uh, positive response from other commenters and um you know like I said other uh, editors and writers and other staff um. And, uh, well, I, 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 can't, I can't really explain how that happened. I guess, it's, you know, I just, like, I don't know, I just, it kind of spoke for itself. But also, like I said, like, like I mentioned earlier, there, my particular frame of reference kind of gives me a power or a, the ability that most academic critics wouldn't have. And I don't mean that to just, you know, disparage them. You know, like you guys, you know, you guys go to film school and have degrees in this shit. And, of course, they're, you know, masters of, of writing and, and analysis. But, you know, I wasn't 
intelligence analyst also, so I had that skill as well. I don't need a degree to prove my acumen, so I just kind of you know let it fly and then, and then, you know and stuck. Um, but I keep I keep the name now just because uh for branding, but also just because uh yeah again like it's it's become who I am as well. Now that's that's an interesting point, and I think that's something I wanted to to bring up is that um, I've said this to you before because uh, I I am honestly I'm I, I'm a fan of your your writing anyway you know even if I if I didn't know you and I'd, I'd read it um, but having conversation with you is different than reading your writing you you write in a very different way and I wonder if that's do you do you think that's a matter of like well this is what do you ever think about it in a way of like, oh, this is what Vice Victus would say as opposed to like, this is what I would say in a conversation with somebody? Or do you, do you feel that, that there's some kind of filter at which that goes through or any kind of, because you mentioned it as a, as a brand, as a kind of an idea, do you feel like that kind of has an effect on how you perceive things when it comes to certain assignments or certain works? Or? I relate this to a recent conversation, conversation had on film Twitter about uh, the black voice. So like movies like uh, Sorry to Bother You or uh, Black Clansman, you know, it's about the central devices a black person kind of modulating their, their tone of voice, their phrasing, to kind of get ahead or, or achieve a goal. This is code switching, you know, uh, what we commonly refer to it as. Um, so you're hearing me now talk, uh, even from when I was growing up, I didn't sound the stereotypical way a black person sounds. So I kind of always had that in my mind, that like, I don't sound like anybody else. And also, as you can also probably tell, I talk very fast and kind of strangely, so it's... Uh, my mind moved faster than my mouth can can speak out. Um, so over the years, as as a writer, I, uh, writing this is probably why I come a writer, not because I. It was kind of a by necessity, I needed a way to formulate and modulate the words properly to convey what I was trying to feel or trying to say. So it's just it's kind of always been inside of me. Just that's how it expresses itself. Um. So yeah. So when I'm talking, it's uh, I, I feel like. Yeah, I don't feel different per se. Uh, I just feel like uh, I, I'm changing channels around. I'm changing uh, frequencies, modulations. Like it's, but like I'm not. I'm not doing it to like uh, appeal to different audiences as much. as I'm trying to appeal to different emotions in myself. Like right now, as I'm speaking now, I'm trying to be as I'm going to slow down and talk professionally. But then when someone sets, sets me off, I'm just going fucking crazy because like that's how I feel. So that's how, that's how I want to say it. And that, that, it's, it's the same way in the writing. Like sometimes I'll you know. Uh, in my uh, yeah, in a recent article, I did a MCU best asshole things. Let's yeah, I did. I, I, in one sentence, I wrote the you know the staccato frame rate, and the other in, a, in the same paragraph, wrote you know, grab him by a scruff, like, cause that's that's my mind modulates up and down like that. So it's not. I don't. I wouldn't say I'm putting it on. It's just how I'm. I'm channeling my feelings you know? now that that leads me uh to something that i i want to bring up which is uh, and i don't know about tom obviously you can hear but but uh, my favorite thing that you do uh and that if you guys do nothing else seek this out at the end of every year is the uh the national board with a nail in it oh yeah it's um <laughs> you know we've done you guys have heard us do kind of we did our year-end wrap-up everybody does their year-end wrap-up and it's it's usually the same and and tom and i think we're being kind of unique by doing like most uh you know best movies we saw this year that weren't from this year or like you know movies that were most disappointing or something like that but but this gentleman really kind of brings in his own categories with it uh with the the national Yo, movie m- most, most year-end movie list is fucking boring the same old sad white people movies 
or the same old sad lady, or the same old sad business entrepreneur guy, or some, what's the guy's name? He was Lincoln and also the guy in the oil. Daniel Day-Lewis? Yeah, he, he's like Teddy of the people. It was always him. He's the, the Daily Lewis Award. The best guy Daily Daily Lewis was this year. So the same bullshit. So my thing is like, you know, I want to do like, what makes you want to go to movies? Like, what makes you want to like, what gets you pumped up, you know? And so one of my features is best asshole thing. And more often than not, like, a lot of the movies, as it turns out, they're, they're still the uh, Academy caliber movies that they have played play to them. Like, uh, I remember I remember one, and I, to give you credit on this, you are, you are when it comes to this, you take it seriously because, you know, you're, you're really looking for the best Ash Open Cinema. Because I remember we were talking about it, you were working on last year's, and I jokingly said, like, oh, but did you include Captain Underpants? And you sincerely tell me, like, why? Was there a good fight in that? Like, you yeah. would have watched it. it and, you know, yeah. just to get it as, you take it seriously. And the whole thing, like, like this year, the, the, the Academy Notch, you know, they're going to do, uh, you know, best you know best picture and most popular. And people were like, you know, why don't you just put fucking uh, best stunt person or best stunt coordinator? Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. there's so much fantastic choreography, like, art in these combat scenes or, or these, I see, you know, Fury Road. Like, you know, it, it was one example of, like, that was kind of a contender of it, but it was... That was some masterful stuff, you know, harking back to the old days. And now, you know, even... So, yeah, like, I, I feel like in the same wavelength of people saying we should appreciate best choreography, best stunt work, that's part of the best fight because it's also, you need that to get the emotion out of you, you know? Like, uh, John, the John Wick wouldn't be, in, John Wick 2 in this case, it wouldn't be as compelling if this time, well, you know, this time around, he has an actual uh, villain who is uh, his equal. And so, he's, you, how do you show that? You have them both fight, fuck each other up, and it's a, it's amazing. It's like you can't do that just by words alone. You have to show it, and they did it well. That's that's what I mean. Like, yeah. And even then, I mean, in that category, I remember we were having a conversation in that category for best, you know, just to stay on best ass open for a bit. Don't know it's, <laughs> you didn't just include the John Wicks. You also included uh, the the brutal beatdown from uh, Three Billboards. You talked about that because it was in <laughs> yeah. and of itself. I mean, but like that's but that's what I mean. You you cast a wide net on that because yeah. it wasn't just about, it, you know, yeah. you you were just looking for something that was was visceral and something that had an impact. And I think that was really, well, you know, a lot of well, people would write that off. Not to get well, into both of our, like, <laughs> all three of our very about, different you, opinions you on <laughs> three billboards. Fucking, listen, it's up your sleeves, bro. Not friends anymore. This is the time to start yeah. this shit. I'm in enemy territory now. I'm listen, it's, it's good. We're, we're, <laughs> I have, we're in the majority now. It's fine. Well, you know, actually, that, that kind of goes to another topic. Like, in my topics, like, it, it just so happens the universe kind of conspires with you. Like, in that move, in that year, I put, like, you know, um, what does that say? The uh, the, the worst uh, white cop saber moves or whatever. It, you know, it's the, it's that. And, um, uh, and I forget. But, uh, you know, it, but opposed to it was uh, going with Mickey Stanfield. Uh, um, so it's like, can you, well, um, or for another example, or, uh, in the same list or in the same year, but uh, the uh, worst Egyptian ruler who this is a uh, human, modern human, the mummy, and, and the best one, which is Yu Gi Oh, Dark Dimensions, is fucking crazy. Y'all see again? Y'all think I'm lying? I'm being serious. That, that's, yeah. that, you want to see some like acid trip level shit? Watch the fucking Yu Gi Oh movie, because first of all, you might have a little nostalgia trip. Then it's like you, they're doing some like heavy level like. What's, what's going on? Well, like, the thing, you primarily, and that's the other thing that I think is interesting is that you, you're right. You primarily kind of get sent to write about, and you get assigned to write about things that deal with either veterans or or, or African American issues. 
But you and also I want to wild out sometimes, you know? Like that's you're, uh, that's, and that's you're, you're also a fan of Sean the Sheep. <laughs> it's one of my favorites from that year. Oh, but like I hit breaking this is like breaking news, like so this you year. You Sean the Sheep news? Nah, well, yes and no. Uh Sean the Sheep, just just so y'all know audience out there, Ether, Sean the Sheep is one of the most gangster ass movies of the past decade. <laughs> that motherfucker Sheep and his crew was down for, to the death to get back to their mans. Like, you see? This is I like, love this movie. I'm not against you know, it. Oh, you just think I'm joking. <laughs> but I'm so serious. Like, it's, you know, it's about friendship and camaraderie and like, you know, getting together, get the job done and bring your mans back, you know, be who you is and, and all this, all this stuff. And it's like, but you thought, oh, it's a little kid show with the sheep. No, fuck that. Sorry, she's the man. So, what I'm saying is, this year, uh, once again, the, the stars have aligned. My new category, one of the main ones, a Beyond Best Swooping, will be most gangster ass movie of the year. Okay. Because we have been blessed. Some gangster ass movies this year. Yes, yeah, quite seriously. Start off strong too. Start out with uh, Dead of Thieves. Thieves. Which nobody thought, you know, this is no. bullshit. No, no, it was, it was fucking phenomenal. Some gangster ass. You, I mean, you are the one that convinced me to go see that. Like, well, I was already convinced to see it because one of, one of, I think, at least me and Alec can usually roll with is Jacob Knight from BMD. Yeah, when, yeah. He, when he throws down his fucking seal of approval on a certified piece of trash, <laughs> I'm like, all right, fuck it. Yeah. I mean, just recently, today, everybody's been fucking clowning on mile 22. But he comes in, he's like, nah, it's fucking good. <laughs> there's, there's like 30 bad minutes in it with just a lot of stupid-ass Mark Warburg shit. But then when Eco Ua starts yeah. laying the smack down and the guns start firing, this is a good fucking trashy ass movie. Yeah. I'll say this: I'm gonna give that one a chance because, like, I Peter Berg does great stuff when he when he when when he wants to, but I feel like his ingenue Marky Mark fucks him up. I don't I don't know. I don't know well, what his, well it, I've liked the last three things they've done, even though Marky is clearly the thing that really handicaps Patriots Day. Yeah, I think Patriots like Patriots Day is a That's, good movie. Yeah. When he's not exactly on that. stream, yeah, or you know, and then um, even uh, uh what was it last night? No, it was uh, Survivor. Survivor. Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. Which I saw that I saw that in Afghanistan also. It's kind of weird. Um, it's also weird to think that movie's like six years old at this point. Yeah, Jesus Christ, fuck. Yeah, I saw that. And I'm like, this is a very harder to watch, you know, because like you know, uh, when Ben Foster, it's spoilers, Jesus. Uh, when Foster, yeah, a they're all, spoilers. They're all dead. It's, they're like the spoilers. 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 I was gonna say you don't even need to put a spoiler warning. The title tells you that for a fact, <laughs> right off the yeah. bat. And surprise, the guy who said he'd stop nine eleven if he was on the plane is not the one who does. <laughs> oh, God. Jesus. But uh, yeah, like in that movie, like uh, the character of X by Ben Foster, he he does a brutal, horrible, nasty death. And I love it because, like, you you really see that. Like, it's, it's usually more like a... Well, in the same movie... Um, what's that boy's name? Uh, he, he's... Whatever. whatever. No, he's... Uh, oh, uh, Taylor Kitsch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Carter. Yeah, John Carter. The face. Get the face. Get the face. He he dies, and it's very, like, a, it's very melodramatic. And like, oh, the angels. But, you know, because, yeah. to be sure, he's playing Mike Murphy, who got the Medal of Honor for, for his actions. But in the same film, in, the, or in a few scenes prior, or, or after, I forget, but... Uh, Ben Foster's character acts, he dies horribly and nasty. It's like, that's the truth of war. Like, you know, that's the truth of, as far as you, as far as you can on film, like, to show it's just not, this is not glorified. It's not glory at all. It's, 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 it's abject horror. Well, that's one of the things that I think when Berg is on his game and you, you see that 
most people don't really remember this because it's been a while, but he was like a Michael Mann protege. Yeah. And it's in shit like that or in Patriot's Day when Marky isn't on screen. Yeah, yeah. Or even like Deepwater Horizon. He, like, he, as much as he's known for being a dumb blockbuster action guy, he does the research. And yeah. he and he's not a guy that's very interested in glorifying violence as much as his movies are big, loud, and kind of filled with violence. Yeah. He kind of harkens back to an almost Peckinpah-esque way of like, I'm going to show you the violence and I'm going to make it fucking hurt because I've seen violence and it's not fun. Yeah. And I think with your background, that's sort of a thing. You can also shut your mind off and watch some shit like Den of Thieves where it's just kind of like yeah. stupid violence. And, and, and back to that point, I see even then... There's some and, stuff where yeah, in that film, you know, he's a former like he's he's Marsock, he's like a former special forces marine, and it's like it kind of goes unanswered why how he made this turn to a criminal, and you know to me that was fascinating because you know it's like kind of a um, a millennial mirror to Heat where you know in that one Pacino's character he was a, a decorated marine who became a cop and yeah. so like it kind of informs his character, and in this one it's like it's the opposite way it's like a, he's he's you know the, the scumbag cop is chasing him. Yeah. He's like he's so professional and and, uh, and 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 so slick and clean, but like he has this honorable past. But in even when the characters say, you know, what happened to you? And it's like to me, it's like I want them to say, but at the same time, like it's obvious. What do you think would happen after fucking seventeen years of war? Like, what would you think would happen to all of us after all this time of getting nothing in return for this? So like, it was a very fascinating thing to me to think about. As much as fucking fifty cent gets shot up in the face, you know, like. It's, <laughs> Well, so what you're saying is there's an alternate timeline where Pablo Schreiber's character comes back from war and then just writes about martial arts movies. <laughs> is what you're saying. Or he fights Garaki. There's, the there's an alternate. There's an alternate movie where it's where he starts, where, terror, where where Pablo... starts terrorizing the girls, the the boys trying to date Fifty Cent's uh, daughter <laughs> by not seeing the new Yu-Gi-Oh movie. <laughs> He's just. <laughs> Is it they go to publish up? You want to rob this bank? No, I'm still gonna watch some UC, UFC, uh, you know, replay fights on. Right after uh, I watched the show, the sheet. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that just also goes to the thing. I feel like a lot of people, another thing about all of those old ass like gangster movies and like the time with like Public Enemy Number One, John Dillinger, and all, when all, bank robbery was like a big thing and like yeah. the mob was kind of coming up because of Prohibition. A lot of those motherfucking guys got started as soldiers. They yeah. came back. They had nothing. Yeah, there was nothing to do, and they have been so inundated with violence. It's just. All right, well, if you're gonna make me fucking poor because the country's in shambles and you tra- taught me how to kill, yeah. fuck it, I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm what do you expect me? Yeah, exactly I'm gonna lead that. a life of crime. You it's gave exactly me no that. safety net. It's yeah. it's sort of a, an extension of that. And for us, I think that's the thing that kind of connected me and you a bit. And having now face to face working together, we connect more and more. Is we can we like to sort of see some of the more deeper aspects of uh, what a lot of other people would say is just like bad, trashy cinema. Yeah, or disposable. Not like. It, it, even if it's unconscious or subconscious, like is, you well, know, arts political. Yeah, there's something in somebody's head, and I don't want to go off to it. I was gonna, well, I had a conversation earlier, earlier about um, fucking uh, Neil Blomkamp, uh, and you know, you know, Tappy, District Nine, all that bullshit. <laughs> and uh, I won't get into the real, but you know, there's certain racial, it's racially charged stuff in there. But you know, it's informed by that because he's like he's an Africaner, he's a white South African who's a, a poor, reportedly. The more violence, you know, like from you know black or, or color people of color refugees. So that's in that's that that psychology is in his movies. Now whether or not it's clear or or it's, it's balanced or whatever, you know, that's that's a different argument. But like it's there, like you can't deny it. it's just there, you know. Whether it be the apartheid weird analogy or the uh, you know build a wall or you know it, it stuff is there. And so yeah, it's like uh, all these movies are being made in the in current times. Like it's part of 
our whole, you know, the, the zeitgeist, as it were. But it's there. Like you can't, you can't deny it. Or to, to deny it, it's to deny really engaging with the movie. You know. And so, it's also to deny that a lot of kind of like game changing classic movies that we all consider classics now were scoffed at at their time. Yeah. I mean, Night of the Living Dead. I'm just because I'm looking at the fucking Blu-ray on my shelf right now. Yeah. Night of the Living Dead was a fucking driving movie. Just quick, bam. Yeah. Not not much, nothing there. Nobody gave. People who saw it went nuts, but nobody gave a shit about it. Only became a thing because somebody lost the copyright fucking law, <laughs> and they played it nonstop on fucking cable without having to pay money, kind of forcing it into your head. Like, yeah. oh, I'm watching so often. Okay, I'm seeing what they're doing here. I'm seeing what yeah. they're doing. This isn't just a cheap or even, fucking thing. Or even John Carpenter's old whole year Yeah, like, yeah. And John but, Carpenter was a fucking lived in the ghetto and basically <clears throat> quit because Hollywood and most of society said no his movies aren't that good or outside of Halloween he kind of just makes yeah. stupid well, movies now, now they're prescient you know? now, Night of the Living Dead especially can, can help tie into our next segment which we're about to we're going to move into which is you were talking about lead actors of color in genre cinema Night of the Living Dead is obviously an example of that yeah. uh, and just real quick though before we move on to our next segment we're going to have a little fun uh, you've already talked about Neil Blomkamp you've already talked about things like that Let's just burn a few more bridges for you. Let's just do a couple of you know, rapid fire. Have you seen film Twitter? Nobody <laughs> yeah. wants. No, nobody wants to. Not even does nobody want to see him make a Robocop movie. Nobody wants to see him make another movie in ne- general. Nevertheless, as, uh, you know, let's, movies, yeah. let's get your let's get your let's get you uh, in a fight with you know let's let's get your Colin Trevorrow fight going. Uh, let's start with this. <laughs> what is a film from your childhood that, as a grown person, you know? Like as of now that you've become a film critic, now you're somebody who understands film, you recognize isn't actually good, but you cannot, you still love, because of your personal affection for it. The Turner Swamp thing. Okay, that's what one of apparently two movies ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I, we brought this up on the show, but that is my favorite Onion article of all time. Is the uh, film scholars discovered there are literally thousands of films that aren't Swamp Thing or Return of Swamp Thing. <laughs> Yo, fucking Dick Dorock, man. First of all, his name is Dick Dorock. Shit! <laughs> Name your kid that. About success. With a big green dick. Hell of a lot of Yeah, they show you to you. They show you the vegetable dick. Hell of a lot of got that shit. Yo! It's amazing. He fights the big brain dude. Dr. Yakub, whoever that was, with the big brain. Doctor. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's who it was. Code of language, man. That's who that was. <laughs> there was an alligator in there, or leech. I forget. Alligator leech. Man, and then beat everybody up. The swamp. The red dudes with the meat, the meat fucking. It was like the guys from V. Stop being in V. You know the series V with the lizards. Yeah. And they came to the swamp. They're like, let's, let's go, let's let's, let's steal the swamp. And then Green Dick is like, nah. You mean my Green Dick? You mean my Green Dick gonna stop y'all? And he does. Slap that shit. Whack! That's the movie. Wait a minute. I want to clarify. I asked you a childhood favorite film, and it's a movie that you're referring to now as Green Dick. That's what I remember. That's. He pulled this shit out. She ate it. <laughs> then it became a hallucination. He's a big white guy, which I, I know. He was, he, was, he, was, he was a handsome white guy. He was good. He was all right. <laughs> dick Durock. Gave it that dick. Gave it that Durock, right? You know what would have been good in that movie? If she, like, all the crazy shit's happening. She's like, oh my God, I think I'm going to be sick. And he's like, you know what's good for his stomach? Unzips his pants. Some roughage. <laughs> Got that kale for his kale, baby. Got that kale for you, baby. <laughs> Yeah, Swamp Thing, first Swamp Thing. He impregnated her, and then she moved to Brooklyn, and now... Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, she came to treat her. Yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, you know what? That's, that's what we're going to because, like, it doesn't suck. It's, it's great. The movie's great. Fuck all y'all. The movie's fucking great. Well, Trevor Swamp Thing. Go watch it, and go watch it in the drive-thru in the theater. Go watch it. Go put it on the DVD. 
Show your mom's green dick. Uh, any more big dick energy movies you want to talk about? That's what we talk about. Shit, okay. Um, well, speaking of Mark Moore, I guess it's obvious, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what are you more? just racking your brain for movies with large dicks in it now? Is that what we're yeah, doing? Yeah, how many are there? We need more of those. Uh, scary movie, too. Shame. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All the dicks. Oh, uh, yeah. All the dicks. That's what we need. Not like. No, again. no, no, no. You know what? We're going to move on to the next segment. <laughs> I want to end this segment <laughs> with all them dicks. Alright, hello everyone. This is Vice Victus, your man. So I'm joining the uh, guys here today for uh, my pick for them. It's uh, Solo from 1986. Sorry, Mario Peoples and William Sadler. Uh, so, uh, this is a fun one for me, I think, but maybe not less of a time. It's uh, about a android super soldier who uh, goes to conscience. Uh, this one I picked it uh, once because it was kind of a bit of a challenge to uh, pick it from what neither, neither of the guys have seen before. But also, uh, just a, a fun kind of link in the chain of African-American cinema, or at least genre cinema. Alright, so uh, as you guys might know from other times we've done this, when we have a guest on the show, they pick the film for us. So uh, our friend Vice here was charged with picking a film for us to watch that he felt was either so incredibly good, so remarkably bad, or so crucial to the history of cinema that it simply must be seen. And as you heard, he chose 1996's Solo. Which I know you're asking yourself, what? <laughs> uh, I, I will admit, I Tom and I knew nothing about this film going in. Um, so I'll just give a quick overview of where I'm at, and then we'll let Tom give you a quick overview of where his head's at. Oh, wait, we'll I just, oh, what, what were some of the options before you, we, you landed on Solo? Because there was one you picked was that... Do- I- that I had seen. Dog Soldiers was the original one that he threw out there. Fuck, I should have lied. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, I said, I remember the conversation, I can tell you this right now, because uh, me, uh, the, the three of us are working on uh, a project right now, I don't know how much we can say, but we're working on a project now that involves a, a large number of films, we were working through going through a catalog of films, and um, we were talking, and I said, you can pick any film you want for the show. I even said, like, if one of us has seen it, one of us hasn't, that's fine. So he said, Dog Soldiers. I went, okay, let me see if Tom's seen it. Tom's seen it. I came back and said, Tom's seen it. It's still fine. We can do it. And you're like, well, has he seen Solo, Mario and Peebles? And I'd never heard of this movie, uh, so I hadn't seen it. So I asked Tom. Tom had never seen it. So I said, good. Okay, that's what we're doing. And I, from my end, heard, you know, you said Solo, Mario and Peebles. And I know, kind of, you know, you kind of taste something. But I hear Mario and Peebles, and I think, like, okay, I've seen two Mario and Peebles movies. I've seen Badass, which is his, you know, his telling of the story of his father's production of Sweet Sweet Beck's uh, badass song, and I've seen New Jack City, which is a great uh, like hybrid 90s crime film and black exploitation film. It's a fascinating movie. Um, and so I just thought like, oh, this is naturally going to be more like that. <laughs> then I watched the trailer was like what in the all holy hell is this because the first thing you see is like a robot skeleton point to Michael Jordan on the screen and go like Mike and I immediately told Tom Tom do no research on the film don't watch the trailer I want you to go in blind to this at this point (laughs) I want you to go in blind to this thing um so that's and and, uh so that's that's what I and I I kind of dug it I, I was on its wavelength uh Tom let's talk a little bit about your um Initial response solo before we get into the. <sighs> <laughs> now you guys you know, know there's a time <laughs> in every man's life 
where they come to realize that maybe their dreams up to this point have been bullshit. <laughs> and this was one of those times where I thought to myself, maybe movies aren't good. <laughs> maybe I've been lying to myself this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that maybe I have to reassess things like watching a movie like In the Heat of the Night and saying, maybe we shouldn't have social justice for anybody. <laughs> Maybe we should just have one guy at the top. We all go. We should just be back like in Soviet Russia, and we're all just going hungry, and we all got the same old ratty ass clothes, and we're all just miserable because we don't deserve good things. And then Solo had ninety more minutes to go. So and then Adrian Brody shows up. And you just gotta go, wow. This is the kind of movie where I'm really surprised with his fucking nose that he's not a Jewish stereotype. <laughs> uh, fuck. I've seen a lot of bad movies in my day. I own a lot of bad movies. <laughs> in both the ironic and unironic uh, enjoyment camps. And wow. <laughs> really makes me wish I was on that same cocaine that fueled this fucking movie. Because you know what the director's name, like, Nor Norberto Barba, he was taking a break from smuggling some kind of shit. Jesus. So, this is maybe the cheapest fucking movie I've ever seen. <laughs> yes, it is. This is like Death Wish 5, where it's very clear that Charles Bronson's on the edge of death, so they can only kind of film him doing things. <laughs> And they only are allowed one take because his fucking Alzheimer's medicine runs out super quick. <laughs> so it's very flat and uninteresting. And somehow cons like a really good B-movie actor, character actor to show up. Death Wish 5, it was Michael Parks. This one, fucking William Sadler. My my close personal friend, William Sadler. We love William Sadler. Close here. personal friend, Billy Sads. Uh, <laughs> I have, uh, no, this is true, actually. At a, at a, at a press function, I met William Sadler. Um, and what I did was like, we talked about, I, I said, I went to him just briefly. I was like, listen, I can ask you a thousand more questions about fucking Wonderfalls. Cause Wonderfalls was the show he was on. And he just looked at me and I thought he was going to walk. He just goes, all right, what do you want to know about Wonderfalls? <laughs> I was like, oh shit. Okay. Uh, and when we talked, I will say the coolest moment, uh, not to get too off track, uh, but we'll try and derail Tom's rantings for a couple minutes. Uh, um, uh, was I said to him, uh, I said, all right, I have to ask you one question because Winter Soldier had just come out. A month or two before, I said, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you one question. Because he's the president in Iron Man 3. I said, as the president, what do you think about S.H.I.E.L.D. infiltrating HYDRA? And he looked at me, and he goes, well, I think it's very serious, and I'm going to put together a committee to look into it. And as he said that, somebody went over to grab him to like meet somebody. And he goes, hey, Bill, we need you for a second. And he goes, all right, it's good talking to you. And then, like, immediately gets dragged away, looks back at me, goes, how presidential was that? <laughs> like, I love this man forever. Um, he's, I I have much less strong feelings than Tom. I actually kind of had fun with this one. I didn't... Hate, I mean, you know, in my rating on Letterboxd, I gave it two and a half stars, which for me is like my definition of, okay, I know this isn't objectively a good movie. I'm not going to sit down and say that it's so radically different from like uh, another movie I like, which is Soldier with Kurt Russell anything like that, but 
I had fun with it. It was there. I Would you say that Solo is a, a soldier in a, in a in a universal way? I mean, I fuck. <laughs> I, when I, you're I, making a fucking ripoff of a Jean Claude Van Damme <laughs> movie, but you don't even have the budget that his coke habit had on that movie, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> you fucking like duplass ass production like fucking movie. Gah. I don't think you meant to do this, but you have actually... It was like being back in film school and watching a bunch of dipshits who were just living off of their parents' money, making movies, and like, they made a movie, and you're like, no, you didn't. <laughs> you, made, you, you made a fucking document about how you want to fuck your mom or something, but you didn't make a movie. I, Why is his... I okay, know what I, movie you're talking about, too. Yeah, but let's okay, move on. I got a question. Why is Mario Van Peebles' uh, portrayal of a robot generously can be described as Mentally challenged. <laughs> I like that our guest has not had a word in Edgewise yet in this. Listen, this motherfucker spoke enough in that 40 minutes before. <laughs> he's gonna sit here and he's gonna fucking take it. God. I just wanna point No one will ever come on this show again. This is the opposite of big dick energy. <laughs> Damn! Ah, shit! <laughs> this is like tiki torch dick energy. <laughs> No, but you have done something impressive here, even though you didn't mean to, which is that... You made a movie um, that made me wish I was watching Elvis act. Yeah, no, really, like, prior to this, the angriest times I've gotten was when I made him watch Jailhouse Rock oh, shit. for an ill-planned Elvis special. Um, and that that another, was, like... Another Kurt Russell connection. That was the low bar before, uh, but I feel like you've made Tom angrier, and I think that's You're impressive. You're lucky that I've that seen that. Yes, Giorgio this year, too, so it's not <laughs> the worst movie I've seen this year. Marilyn Peebles was still dealing with the trauma of being in fucking sweet, sweet badass. Yeah, because Melvin was just a fucking maniac. Have you now? Have you ever seen Sweet Sweet Back? No. Okay, you've seen Sweet Sweet Back. Really? Okay. I okay. That Sweet Sweet Back is a a weird movie. (laughs) Like you understand the boundaries that it broke, but at the same time, you do wonder if. Ultimately, it was worth it yeah. for the amount of child abuse and just, <laughs> I mean, the fact that you know, people were like, oh yeah, I got like plenty of STDs, it was the raw dog and I did in that movie. It's like, I don't know and if this was worth it. And the fact that in his movie, Badass, he makes his own son yeah. play himself doing that scene. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing about this is okay. Nothing about this is okay. But um, yeah, so that was, but my experience with my people is again, New Jack City, great movie. Uh, like legitimately... Well, I thought I thought at first when he said Mario, like Mario Van Peebles solo, I thought it was going to be a movie that Mario Van Peebles directed. And I was like, yeah, this okay. is it. Like, because he directed and co-starred in, in New Jack City. That's what I was expecting. I, again, New Jack City, I think, is legitimately a really good movie. Um, I don't know. Some people have argued it's like a cult classic. Some people have argued it's a B movie. Um, our, our our dear friends the Bodega Boys have called it a quote unquote hood classic. <laughs> I legitimately just think it's a good movie. Well, you know, um, what's uh, funny fun little backstory thing just because you mentioned his name in the earlier segment New Jack City only exists because of Clint Eastwood because <laughs> they he cast him in Heartbreak Ridge and mm-hmm. he really mm-hmm. took a shine to him yeah. and nobody was gonna make New Jack City and Clint Eastwood just kind of told Warner was like no make make this kid's movie he's, he's good he's got a really good thing just just do it yeah. and it's and New Jack City of course uh, carried on the back of Wesley Snipes yeah 
which is another uh, person we've been talking about a lot lately because you've been wanting to talk about Blade, and I think that's I think Blade is probably part of what inspired this choice. Okay, so I guess I, I guess I better start now. So <laughs> no, we we, so, we give you permission to speak now. Tom, Jesus, please all, bring some positivity <laughs> back is, into is, my life. That is all fair, and I I, I, I console you in, in your pain, in your wounds. I saw Solo maybe like twelve times as a kid. I remember it premiering on Saturday night HBO. And I recorded it on a VCR, one of the ancient devices. Me and my older brother watched that, that tape, yeah, like I said, 12 times or so throughout, throughout childhood. So, when we talk about, like, you know, trash cinema, as it were, you know, B-movies and stuff, one of the things I... It's still weird white dudes. Like, uh... Okay, so there's a larger conversation about, uh, you know, Black Panther came out this year, and now we have a uh, Crazy Rich Agents, you know. About how how much does a movie has to represent the entire race, as it were, and you know, or things being they have to they're too big to fail, you know. Um, and you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, how uh, Night of Living Dead, yeah, it, it's its power comes from having the black actor, which wasn't even intended, yeah. But it, it, that's where you know, and so even with that kind of that progenitor, still for the most part, slashers and horror or B movies in general. It's just, you know, weird white dudes doing crazy shit. Whereas, you don't really see that, you know, well, black people kind of boxed into, like, black exploitation. Black and all that kind of stuff, you know? So, as a kid watching this stuff, you know, I've you know i seen, like you mentioned before, Universal Soldier the year before, 95, I think it was. You know, I'm seeing all this all this crazy, you know, but, you know, crazy, but um, mid-budgeted sci-fi nonsense. I'm like, this is fun. I'm having fun with this. So, for me, seeing a black new character do that, it was like, you know, kind of like, anything's possible. Like, you know, we're not limited to just like, New Jack City, or, or whatever, you know, like, he can do this stuff. And then, and, um, so yeah, that, that's kind of what got, why it stuck with me all these years, because it was, because it's not, it, it gave us, it's giving you the ability to be nonsensical, to be to be crap, because that's just as important as being, getting the opportunity to, to uh, shine. You know, I always say, you know, uh, Moonlight, you know, one of the most important quote-unquote movies of the year or of, of, of this decade or whatever. So is Friday. Like, you know, with the Ice Cube and all that. Like, that's important too because, like, that's not about being important. It's about these motherfuckers that just living together or living their life having crazy adventures. Like, we need that too. We need that, ch- that, that release to be silly and stupid and have it count as much as the other silly and stupid shit that who have made throughout the years. You but know? you know what's interesting, especially Friday you bring up, um, it, I'll tell you what's strange, you know, I, I know people who can watch Friday and they're like, oh, that's just, you know, a, a fun, dumb, dumb comedy. But somebody who I would never expect to have seen that movie, let alone have feelings about it, is my, my middle-aged mother. <laughs> my middle-aged white mom who, like, will look at certain moments in that film that she's seen it and just be like, this is horrifying. <laughs> like the, because when you think about it, it is just kind of like, what Friday did and what was so transgressive about that film is that it basically turned on to, to you know, everybody kind of went like, yeah, no, no, we can have fun with this. Mm-hmm. That normally a movie where if you said your protagonist is a guy who gets his bike stolen by the neighborhood bully and at one point he's going to get a gun and fucking shoot the guy, yeah. you'd be like, oh, that's going to be some John Singleton-esque drama. Yeah. But that same conflict is weaved into a movie that is undeniably funny to yeah. the point where something like by Felicia has saturated the culture yeah. and is quoted by people as far removed from <laughs> that film's target market as you know 
yeah. middle-aged Patricia Natale. You know, yeah. it's like it's it's interesting how that has also had that kind of cultural impact. We got we got to have these space to have that that tomfoolery. We got to like to, to just be stupid and be dumb. And so with Solo, it's like yeah, he's just like cheap ass Universal Soldier ripoff. But it's like and, you know, and it's and also just so, so let's talk about the movie itself, the text of it. Uh, so in the movie, Solo is a he's, he's an android. Um, he's in a special government project. You know, be the next, you know, the next generation of soldier. You know, he's he's invisible. Well, you know, he's impervious. Well, he's hard to kill. He's you know smart. He's, he has a computer brain, whatever. It's and, not uh, abundantly clear. Yeah. Well, yeah. What what because he takes a fox, he takes a a cliff to the entire body by driving a helicopter into it. Yeah. And kind of just walks away. But, but then, the, like, he gets shot but, by an assault rifle. Yeah. He's getting a movie, and he's got a giant fucking yeah, hole gas in his, in his fucking cybernetic fucking rib cage. So yeah, I mean, well, I guess, and yeah, he's more of a he's more of a uh, side asset than the main the main uh, a, a, a main asset. Like, like, there's still like soldiers. So the the beginning of the movie is uh, they're like a squad of soldiers, like a black up guy, black ops guys, uh, going to, like you know take out some uh, some warlord or whatever. In some, I forget. Is it a name country? Or is it just like made up? Like, I think it's up? just some made up. I, I don't remember. That's that's the weird thing about the film is that I South feel American. like I mean you're 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 breaking into the plot, but I kind of like after. A half hour, I, no I almost stopped trying to follow it because it was almost like. This is a weird comparison, but I just watched it today. And this is going to sound like a really weird one because it's about about as white a movie as you can get. Apparently, <laughs> kind of like the Truman Show. In so far as it's, you're really just like once it introduces the, the to you the idea of here's a character who does not comprehend the world around him, yeah. and we're going to watch him find his own individuality if you take too long to think about the logic of it it's not gonna hold up yeah like Truman Show's one of those movies you know watching it like it's you're really you you can be drawn in that's it you're drawn in by Truman because when you try and break down like okay but how exactly like okay this is is not hard sci-fi at all it's very no it's with this one too it's like you're just there for the attention you're there to follow him my my Listen, my big my big problem with the movie is that the sci fi doesn't make sense. I mean, I, yeah, we, yeah. we've seen Universal Soldier, yeah, exactly. And especially yeah. me and you, the last two directed video yeah. movies were I mean, awesome. You've seen Universal Soldier, yeah, I know, <laughs> fucking Chrissy Pants. You haven't seen Universal Soldier. <laughs> uh, we've seen Soldier with Kurt Russell, yeah, yeah. Uh, and even going back a little further behind, uh, RoboCop is kind of the yeah. same thing. My big problem with the movies is that it's essentially just the entire movie is just the third act of all of those movies because he's immediately. Going yeah. against his code. Yeah, it's not established that like he was like, it's, it's almost no, there's no intro of him until the middle, like the, the second act where like he has flashbacks of how he was created. Hence the the, the scene with the uh, like Mike. Like it's very strange how you do that. You kind of throw you in there with it. It's and there's um, there's no. Yeah, I had that. I even had that note too. I mean, I I like that element, but I I like basically this but movie it starts just, at Act Two of another movie. Not even Act Two. It's essentially Act Three because yeah. he's essentially. Immediately being chased by his superiors yeah. because he's going against his code. Yeah, this is the uh, the uh, the trope of the the robot getting sentience slash conscience, not consciousness, but like actual conscience of like right or wrong. That's the whole point. Of it. That's the whole like yeah. drive of the movie. Is that so he he sees the innocents in in the field of fire and he refuses to kill them. So his his handlers, the government, they they want to get rid of him, and so he, he escapes and bands with the uh, local villagers. So. Then it becomes like a, like seven samurai like he or, 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 or yeah he basically he, teaches them how to fight yeah how to fight from the the warlords and also the 
the, uh, you know, I mean, there's, and like I said, if you think about it for any time, because there was, I was looking over some don'ts that I made, and there's some stuff that just, like, they talk about, like, he, we, we made him to be the ultimate fighter, you know, to understand how, combat, and the battlefield, yeah. and then, like, at one point, a little kid, like, bluffs during, like, a soccer game, and he's like, he seemed injured, but he's not, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know, he's pretending, like, why, and I'm like, I feel like this... your elite killing machine should understand deception. Now, as as a veteran, you can speak to this more than I would. I do not believe that all enemy combatants are a hundred percent forthright. You know, I don't. I don't believe. I feel like you should have some sort. Of, but again, it's almost like it's. For me, I feel like if you're drawn in by that story and you can and you are attached to that character anyway, you're going to take that ride. And if you're not, and if it hasn't won you over to that character, then. So the it's you, over. the usual thing is that you know like so the food you mentioned before like the soldier like well that wasn't necessarily set in the future per se but it was like it was like established it was like this is like highly advanced stuff like it's it's, just, it's it's not like Blade Runner future it's more like kind of five minutes in the future no yeah but yeah but even even this, so that's the that's, you know, yeah, soldier yeah. So, but Solo was like in its moment it is in yeah. that year like it's nineteen ninety six but we have a robot now like wait so that's why it doesn't really that's from the beginning it doesn't. The tone is off because, wait, why do we have this advanced android soldier in the, this year? Like, it doesn't... Well, that's what's... And I itself. also, like, when I started it, I was going through a weird stage because I, you know, as you know, we've talked about everything, I have a great respect for your taste in, in, in film, and I was, like, genuinely sitting there watching this I going... I <laughs> <laughs> And so... But so I started out watching this, and I'm like, okay, let's figure out... Because you didn't tell me why you picked it. I didn't know why you picked it, and that's kind of, kind of what's fun about it. Um, I was like, okay, let's figure out what it is and at first I'm watching like oh maybe this is really you know the way that like he's torn apart and like maybe we should throw him out and let's fix him like oh maybe this whole film is a metaphor for the disposability of our uh, of our, our men in uniform and then I started going through like oh no maybe this is actually a metaphor for the way that that, that the, the contemporary black man is treated in, in 90s America and then by the 30 minute mark I was like no, I think. See, so your biggest. I think this is here, just nuts. Your biggest mistake here was thinking that anyone making that movie <laughs> could say metaphor. <laughs> William um, Sadler probably could, but I think he was so just give me my money. Yeah. That he kind of was in like a brain fart space of like, oh, you know that that thing where something means another thing. Uh, but uh, here's the uh, thing. Here's the thing. That's the other interesting thing about this too is watching it is that Marion Van Peebles is a good director. I, you know whether it's badass New Jack City, and I, I, I there's a party that wants to go. God, I wish he directed this movie. There's yeah. a party that wants yeah, to. Yeah, I, no, I, I agree. Was, yeah. But there's a party that wants to go. Why the fuck would he do this? But then also, he got offered a part that well, you're not going to say no to. I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, like if you're a young actor and you're you're young, and they turn and go, hey, you're going to be a fucking fuck, he's not robot. A young actor. What? He's like ten years into his career at this yeah. point. But I'm saying, no, okay. Well, what I mean is, if you're a, if you're a young enough man, that they will offer you action roles. This is before the old man action. But this so is I'm saying, like, like, he's at the point now where basically somebody turns around and goes, yeah, you're going to be a cool-ass killer robot and you're going to blow shit up. Basically probably thinking, I've only got ten more years where these roles are going to be offered to me. And is... also as an actor of, of color, it's not going not gonna to come along even as often then. Fuck it. It's 1996. If this movie sucks, no one will ever see it again. There's not going to be... <laughs> there's not going to be some interconnected place where nerds get together and... and Highly dissect movies that no one should talk about. Like it's not gonna happen. So okay, this is kind of reminds me. A year prior to this, ninety five, virtuosity. 
Yes. They lost him yep. and Russell Crowe in early, one of the early gigs. Yeah. You could say there was metaphor to be found in that. But no, it's a fucking, it's a, it's a, it's a special movie. It's just the same, just It's the same cop and criminal special movie, you know, so like, and, and Denzel, at the time, in his, in his action crime, or, you know, like, coming up, like, he still has his youth and his, and his physique as to be a badass, you yeah. know, uh, uh, renegade cop, as it were. Even though, fuck, seeing him in the Equalizer 2 just handle a room filled with <laughs> All right. of dude bros. Just like, like, okay. That's the competitive of a best open by the way. That, that's it. <laughs> I just I I started cackling every time he just started laying the smell when he cuts that one dude's fucking forehead with his sharp his own ass fucking black card yeah take that bitch out. that's that's a contender with best ass open I believe alongside when the rabbits start attacking uh, Domin Hall Gleason and Peter Rabbit <laughs> I heard about that that's also a contender yeah, yeah. yeah. they're they not trying to kill him but they're like, like, they do yeah they try and, they try and fucking, fucking shock yeah they try and murder him <laughs> to be fair this movie a bunch of rabbits trying to murder a man <laughs> to be fair. That man's trying to murder them too. He he's asking for it. Hey, game on, man. I, I mean, you you come at the king, you <laughs> better not fucking miss. <laughs> fucking all space no, nuts, see, space nuts, nuts yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you goddamn fucking intergalactic Richard Spencer wannabe motherfucker. Listen, we're getting we're gonna get we're gonna get a Peter Rabbit two. We're gonna get a Paddington three. We can get this cinematic yeah, universe hey, going. Hey, mm-hmm. Listen, all I care about is we're getting Den of Thieves too. That's all. I, that's all. Yeah. But uh, to. to See, like, Virtuosity is, like, a, a good example yeah. of what I wish Solo was. Exactly, yeah. That's because it, yeah. Virtuosity is dumb as fuck. It's really yeah. stupid, and it, like, but it's, and it swings really hard yeah. with its sci-fi concepts. But it's got Denzel being very good, being very Denzel, like, yeah. very charismatic and very believable in role. You got Russell Crowe going for it, yeah. eating the fucking scenery yeah. up. But you also have a director that may not be a quote-unquote good director. He's got a good visual dynamism to him. He's got a good sense of making this feel like a movie where... This doesn't. This feels very cheap. Yeah, yeah. And if this was like one of these, like, Scott Atkins movies we watch every year where, like, at least the action's good. Yeah. Because I see a lot of Scott Atkins movies that are just, like, like, Hard Target 2 is not, like, yeah, nah, doesn't nah, have nah. a deep plot or yeah. anything, but it's got some good fucking action sequences. You could go, okay, I can overlook a well-done plot <laughs> in, in service of some good adrenaline-pumping action. This has nothing. Mm. And it doesn't even have Mario Van Peebles being being able to sell this because it's like a, it almost feels like he thinks he's doing Rain Man and not Robocop yeah the movie does well in a literal sense retard itself as in it stops its own growth momentum there's flashes of him like doing these cool muscle ups you know and he has this great physique like he's he's, he's, he's clearly like prepared and built up for this role you know there's a part where he's uh, you see a flashback of him uh, doing a fighting training or, or a sparring as it will to the death uh, fighting a group of uh, Four soldiers single-handedly, and you see he has the the wherewithal of an action star. But, but the boss fight is against old ass William Sadler. Yeah, exactly. So like, <laughs> it kind of it, 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 it keeps impeding itself. Uh, yeah, it's but so yeah, I remember Rusty because you know that's an example of a, it done well, a good example of yeah. this kind of thing. But even then, for me, just just having just having that on the shelf. You know, virtuosity, uh, solo, spawn, as treble as that is, like that's still a a canon for me. Like these are the start. That now, start spawn from... was spawn was ninety seven, right? Yeah, ninety seven. And then ninety eight, he pretty much hit the. Well, yeah. So that's this, this, yeah. So let's let's move into why the other reason why I want to make this movie. So, <laughs> so that you get an excuse to talk about a completely <laughs> different movie. Um. Oh wait, actually, you know, before I, before I share that. 
I would I would say um to see the kind of to see the links of this movie. Um, you mentioned Universal Soldier. Yeah. There was so there was the first original one with ninety five, I believe it was, or ninety four maybe. Ninety two. Oh, is that far away? Yeah. Yeah. So there was there were some several. T- there were two director cable sequels. Yeah. Then there was Universal Soldier: The Return. Yeah. Uh, a few years later after that, which which brought back Van Damme, but also had Michael Jai White. Yeah. As an android super soldier <laughs> who whooped his ass. So what I, what I mean is like. For me, I I'm seeing I'm following that 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 strain like that, that thread of like you know the super like the, these black actors and this genre stuff doing doing dumb shit but like it's still like it, it's they can be part of it you know yeah and again that one is like that one is a kind of a bad movie too but like he's done he's done way better well let's also be let's be completely honest here the only good Universal Soldier movies are the last two yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially the one with Scott Adkins where it's essentially. Kind of a director video, uh, Apocalypse Now sort of. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And it's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, so to, to lead into a, a point you're, where right, right. a movie we're about to say, I made this comparison last week, and I think it's kind of a good comparison, and it goes into the diversity thing. How sometimes movies that aren't really actually good kind of get improved because it means something to people. Yeah. We kind of saw it this year with The Wrinkle in Time. Yeah. It's like it doesn't. Yeah, it's got the ambassador, but like you know, that's a lot of girls. A lot, a lot of little girls, and and there's the interracial thing that the movie does very specifically deal with. It's not a good movie, but it's an important movie to people, so yeah. it gets elevated. Same thing happened in the seventies. You had Shaft, and you had Dolomite. Oh, this was did we talked about yeah, this last. I made episode. this comparison yes. last week. Yeah. Shaft's actually like a good movie. Yeah, yeah. That's also an important movie. Dolomite's not on any conceivable <laughs> level a good movie. <laughs> It's very watchable because it's yeah. fucking insane, <laughs> but it's not a good movie. It's, it's kind of the dichotomy where Blade is kind of like Shaft, where it's a good movie. Like it's a fucking yeah. one of the best movies of the '90s, and it's an important movie. Solo's more in the Dolomite camp, <laughs> where you just watch it the whole time, going, "What were any of you fuckers thinking?" <laughs> Especially when you can look at at least three of the people in that movie: Van Peebles. William Sadler and fucking Damien Bashir. Yeah, wow. we haven't even addressed the stacked cast in this movie. That it's not got... stacked cast. There's three people that have had careers afterwards. <laughs> well, you've got William Sadler, you've got Damien Bashir, you've got Adrian Brody, Adrian and you've Brody, got yeah. I would I would argue at least at the time Mario Van Peebles had something going for him, had some momentum going. I don't know where Mario Van Peebles maybe the most visually accurate of all the Malcolm X performers in cinema because <laughs> he looks weirdly like creepily like Malcolm X and Ali. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Oh my God. I, to the point where I was, I was honestly, as a child, thinking, are they using, like, Digital documentary <laughs> footage or something? Because this is fucking weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, so we brought it up. So yeah, so this year, uh, August, this month, is the 20th anniversary of Blade from 1998. The, you know, uh, seminal action movie starring uh, Wesley Snipes as the titular Blade, the vampire, the Daywalker, half human, half vampire who hunts other vampires in an internal quest for vengeance and bloodlust and so forth. And so that way, yeah, so movies like Solo and Spawn all, you know, all kind of lead up to the, to me, lead up to this kind of big breakthrough where this, the genre and the, the drama coalesce into a, a whole that actually works. Yeah. You know, because you know, other people have mentioned like a, 
quick shout out to uh, the uh, website Black Blade Problems. Uh, they've mentioned how Blade is very much a black exploitation movie. Like it has strange other, all the you know the him the black hero against the man. In this case, the vampire overlords. Yeah. But uh, and but also just um how it also kind of to me how it's important how it predates and also kind of primes audiences for the oncoming superhero. Uh, 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 crazy I mean, I I won't argue that if it wasn't for Blade, superhero. I don't think Fox would have had the balls to make X Men. Yeah. Because Blade was coming off the heels of Batman and Robin, which kind of yeah. showed everyone, yeah. let's not do these anymore. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, and even the the year before that, ninety seven Spawn was it it made money, but it was a you know critical flop. You know, it was panned all around. Um, but yeah, so with Blade, it has it's very Singular, cohesive, well-made movie, but also like it. The prime audiences for uh for one, the mix of this high, well, CGI mixed with drama, and it wasn't over budget. It wasn't a big budget, but it used the money well enough, well for its time, uh, to show you know this these uh this crazy graphics, but also have like you know, down and dirty real, real martial arts choreography with one of the greatest martial arts actors in history. Plus, also, and I know this may seem like a, a minor thing, but, you know, it was also remarkable simply for the fact that it was a blockbuster movie that was a huge hit starring a black man who was not Will Smith. <laughs> now, Which, and an, I mean... And a very hard R rating. That's yeah. what I'm saying. For the 90s specifically, like, you would look at that and you'd be like, there's no way. Like, if it, well, if it wasn't, if it wasn't part of Big Willy Weekend <laughs> as it was as it was dubbed in his day. Like, it's not well, gonna... It, it felt like the 90s was more open to that than, like, the 2000s because you had Will Smith, but Wesley was a... Yeah, like, he, he was a You yeah. also still had Eddie Murphy was making money back then. There were, yeah. there were guys, I mean, yeah, but, but, like, it, it but I mean, especially what I, what I mean by that is, like, Blade especially is the kind of thing where it's like... Because Will Smith's movies and even Wesley Snipes' movies... Yeah. Made money because people wanted to go see Will Smith, and to you know, to a lesser extent, Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Uh, but Will Smith was the biggest movie star in the world, and Will Smith movies made money because they were Will Smith movies. Blade brought in a whole audience, a whole slew of people who were going to see, this, and that's part of ties into the comic book movie thing. Ties with yeah. brought in a whole slew of people who wouldn't go see a movie because they don't, they wouldn't even necessarily know who Wesley Snipes was yeah. in some cases. They went because this thing looked cool, yeah. and it was intriguing, and it had a style, and, it, and you know, it had a, a basis in, in comics and all that. You know, meanwhile, the next year, not to harp on something I will always harp on, but the very next year, we proved that a name doesn't mean anything because Will Smith bombed with <laughs> with Wild Wild West. Um, God but damn it! No, how but did you it? How do we bet this? Ah, because think about it. Avoid it. No, because why'd you warn me, man? Why'd you warn me on this shit? <laughs> you work with this motherfucker. <laughs> if he's not fucking, you should know better. This motherfucker. Anytime, no, but anytime he gets a whiff of talking about black in cinema, <laughs> he's gonna bring up Wild Wild West. I, 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 no, but but it is. No, but it is. Think, but I'm saying seriously. What, what are you doing? Think about this, it. Listen, I didn't warn you because I had to watch this motherfucker movie. <laughs> so this is what you get. No, more Wild Wild West on But no, I'm just. I'm saying that sincerely, like, it changed. Because it wasn't like, Blade came out, and yeah, Wesley Snipes was the name of it, but people went because it was Blade. Yeah. Like, they didn't, like, it wasn't a matter of, like, because Wesley Snipes, it wasn't like they, the next year Wesley Snipes rolled out some other movie, and people went, oh, I gotta go see Wesley. It was the fact that, and like I said, yeah, I do make the Wild West comparison, because it's the same kind of thing, like, you look at the next year in 99 with The Matrix. 
It wasn't yeah, like I was pe- say. it wasn't like people turned up for Keanu Reeves or Lawrence Fishburne. It was this. The, that's the, the, that's yeah. Neo. Yeah, you know that's Morpheus. Yeah, and, and that's thing, Blade. In, like it in changed the year before it. How it primed. You know, it's the hard R, dimly lit black leather aesthetic. Yeah, that's the Blade. That's before yeah. before Matrix, before even the Underworld. You know, which kind of before Dark City. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's 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 all kind of primed audiences. Well, it's that for that. You know, it's that coalesced the 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 the, the character and the actor coalesced. Because people will see Will like will see Will Smith, but if it the coalition the coalition doesn't work like Wild Wild West, they don't want to see it. People like Wesley Snipes, but that fucking merging, yeah. he got he got essentially his man with no name because he yeah. he made movies up to that point where he didn't really have like, oh my god, Wesley Snipes is, he has this, yeah, yeah. he's got this guy. No, no yeah. he's got he is Blade yeah. to the point that does anybody remember there was a Blade TV show? With sticky fingers and blade. <laughs> with sticky fingers. Oh! Especially because he was... What, he Wesley Snipes has la- laid such a heavy shadow over the character that the comics co- completely rewrote what the character was to be more like what Wesley Snipes, yeah. his yeah. character is. To the point that sticky fingers was just trying to be... Like, do a Wesley Snipes yeah. with that whispery kind of like, badass voice. <laughs> to the point that... He, Wesley Snipes is more fucking close to 60 at this point and people still like, just make another Blade yeah. movie with Wesley Snipes. As a, Real quick, the circle was complete. The director of Solo made one of the episodes of Blade, the TV series. <laughs> that's another reason why nobody remembers Blade, the TV show. <laughs> but no, I, I see your point. And that's, again, I, I don't mean to, to harp on just the, that dumb movie, but it is just kind of, it's interesting that you, you know, talk about Blade, because that is, again, one of those things where it was, that was when I think things started to change. Yeah. People were more invested, and not, you know, in characters rather than actors. And particularly with that, like it was, it became this kind of realization of on the part of studios of what if we have good characters, we have people characters that people can latch on to. Yeah. Ultimately, it doesn't really matter if we have the biggest star in the world or we just have a capable this how, action star. This is how huge X Men, nobody, you know, to most audiences, embodied Wolverine. Yeah. And if people were like, who is this tall guy? He was he had a short squat. He's he sold the character. And yeah, whereas, you know, you look at something like Solo, like the film we're talking about now, that tried to market itself, weirdly, you look at it like, oh, this is Mario Van Peebles. Yeah, if you cool. like him, you'll show up and see him in this. <laughs> Which was kind of like, and again, that was, that was, that was, they were trying to, it feels like, honestly, with Solo, they were trying to have a Will Smith movie, in a way. Yeah. You look at the posters for it later, they were trying to have a Will Smith movie where you'll show up and see Enemy of the State. Yeah. Based on the fact that Will Smith stains on the poster, yeah. Men in Black is a movie that should have bombed in every way, should have bombed, but people showed up because Will Smith stains was on the poster. Uh, Blade, and another one, Blade. If you had put Will Smith in that, probably wouldn't have been the same movie. Probably would have been a you know because <laughs> the studio would have gotten too involved in it. But Blade was allowed to be its own thing, yeah. and it was allowed to go like, no, we think people will like this character and the story we're telling, yeah. and it really doesn't matter. You know whether it's at the biggest box office name. It, so it's you know I, I see you I, I see where you see that kind of evolution there, and I, I definitely you throw in the that. clarity of vision and the the immaculate execution of Blade, which is what a movie like Solo doesn't have. Because there's stuff in Solo like if they wanted to build upon it, like the idea of making a robot that chooses its own facade, yeah. which is based off of the fucking dead soldiers, because. Yeah. They, they have another motherfucking robot that's yeah. based off of fucking William Sadler who just died. And, and so just, you want to, but you want you want to tackle something because it's 
it almost seems like there's a very clear choice on the movie's part to have all of the the military men, the upper echelon guys, as white guys. Yeah, yeah. So there's some social commentary well, you I mean, could have done there with these white guys using science to essentially make new slaves yeah. to fight their wars for them based off of the fucking skin of other dead soldiers. You could have done something with that. Well, I mean, that's the end of the thing. This is based on a book. Wow. Now, how? Wow. I, I looked it up. Wow. They, guys, this read is, guys, guys, this is a quick Wikipedia search. <laughs> you I don't think, ask much. You, you think... Wait, I, I'm sorry. You think I was going to be spending more time thinking about this movie. <laughs> but the last that's page. what I'm saying. I, I think this is... This, cover of it. But it was bought by a studio who wanted a Universal Soldier or a Terminator or something. Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. Should we kind of finish this up uh, for you guys? <laughs> now that I've... Subjected you to this, uh, this, this, this misery. <laughs> what do you, what do you think would be the first thing you remember when, when you recall Soto? I'll, I'll go six. first before Tom goes into whatever he's gonna say. Um, <laughs> which is that for me, it's a moment, um, where there's a, there's a log on ropes that's like swinging towards <laughs> some kids, and Solo watches as like one kid ducks down to save the other, and, and he doesn't understand why they did it. Like, why the kid would risk his life for the other kid. But then as the log is swinging back, it looks like it's about to hit them, and he jumps in the way and, like, grabs the log and stops it from hitting them. And I don't... And I, I think it gets to the heart of what I actually enjoyed about this film, is that I, that's the kind of moment... I watch it now, and I'm like, okay, whatever. But I also realize, like, if I was a kid, like, six or seven years old, watching this on TV or watching this from Blockbuster... I'd be like, that was great. Like, that's great. The robot's learning. The robot's learning to be people. And, like, I really, you know, and I think that's kind of what I responded to in it is I was like, I know, this is something I watched and I know that, like, like you, this would have been a film that had I seen it as a kid, I would have watched a lot. I would have, because it was just, like, in that wheelhouse of, like, yeah, sure, it's dumb now, but I'm like, yeah, okay, the robot learns, learns how to be human. It's, it's like data, but in the jungle. I think if I saw this movie as a kid, it would have been the the movie that every person has, which is the movie where you realize movies can be bad. <laughs> <laughs> this would have supplanted Batman and Robin in my memory. Oh my the movie that told me movies can be bad. Uh, I'm not gonna remember anything. I'm generally, generally, the only thing I'm gonna remember about this movie is when I shut my laptop after it was finished. <laughs> not even the back clips to the nope. forest of fire. I w- it, You're not gonna remember back- like Mike. No, because it goes no. Damien Bashir's entrance. Or no, the, or the knife Adrian Brody into the tree. No, because it goes back to my thing of I wish someone crazy made this movie. Because yeah. I wish there was a moment like in RoboCop where he just a guy's trying to like rape a girl, and then he's like, "I gotta ride knife point." And RoboCop just shoots him, just shoots through her skirt. To blast his dick off. <laughs> I wish there was just some... In, like, just pure, just... Someone insane made this movie. And not someone just quickly trying to make a buck off of a movie. I wish someone fucking nuts made this movie, man. Now, what about what about you? What, when you think of Solo, what's the first thing that jumps to mind for you? Tom's anger. Dude, that was gonna be shit. <laughs> um, honestly, it's the... Backbreaker. When he when he kills William Teller the first time, spoilers. Uh, you know it's it's you know the scene in uh, Dark Knight Rises. You know, yeah, yeah. Rob, Rick, your partner, hey, back we know us. That's what fucking Solo did. <laughs> See that? Oh that pre? Oh years before that shit. I'm fucking bring backs on knees. Crack. Crack that white boy's spine. But then 
Robot Williams Handler comes in and finishes him off. Next step. I'm like, get killed twice. It's fucked up. Oh. Two robots. Another thing I want to mention about Equalizer 2. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best moments in Equalizer 2 that shows how much of a badass he is is when he does that typical breaking the dude's neck in a movie thing where he grabs the dude by the head and just snaps. He doesn't kill the guy. He just like fucking paralyzes him. Yes. Which is like, he knows how mu- how to break your neck so he doesn't yeah. fucking kill And you. then, and like, they were in the hurricane fucking fight when he uses knives and he, car- he doesn't just like, he, just he systematically slices the he dude. He carves him up like a fucking Christmas ham. Like, oh, this is fucking Then he beautiful. fucking impales him to the wall. Oh, my God. Fucking he wants to I wish, like, an Antoine Fuqua made this movie. Shit, yeah. A dude that just, like, can kind of get, like, yeah, the yeah, melodramatic yeah. heart of a movie, but then also just be like, here's the most blood you'll ever fucking see spill out of a human body. Oh, <laughs> uh, what could have been? What could have been? Uh, hey, there's, there's always a remake. Hey. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, so so uh, the last question is, um, so what do you, would you recommend? Is this a uh, worth seeing, or is it a, is it, is it, is who, it wants, who wants to go first? Should you not miss this, or should you? Uh, <laughs> who wants to? I'm tired. No, don't see this movie. <laughs> Mike, what did you think? Tom's staring at me because I think he knows that I'm going to say something. I'm like, honestly, it's fun. Yeah, check it out. Check it out. No, it's, it's, I don't, I mean, look, you've heard us talk about this. You've heard us talk about it candidly as for what it is. If by the end of this, you're thinking, no, I don't want to watch this thing, don't watch it. Your mind's not going to be changed by it. But if you're like, yeah, I think this is interesting, there's something fun in it for you. I mean, again, for me, it's like, I have that place in my heart for kind of those movies that I used to watch on a Saturday morning. And so I, it's, it's, it's. I mean, you, let me be honest. Just for the moment of seeing Damien Bashir walk in and be like, "Oh shit, hey man," I'd say check it out. It's not, it's not you know, it's not the worst use of your time. And you know, if nothing else, your friend Vice has given you a new addition to your uh, trivia knowledge of black action movies. There you go. So, hey. All right, so that's it for another episode. Um, right off the bat, obviously, uh, for all the issues Tom may have, I do, I think we both want to extend our hearty thanks, uh, for Vice Victus for joining us on this episode. We really, uh, we really appreciate it. It was great, great saying, uh, saying farewell to our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> I will say you are, uh, this, I had a lot of fun doing this, I it was interesting. Uh, you are welcome back again, uh, where we can have more conversations about, uh, about online film writing, about, uh, black actors in cinema, and about the exciting currency that is having Griffin Newman... From the tick following you on Twitter. Also, it's an exciting. It's an exciting. Also, thing. any topics that uh, Mike thinks will get him into the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you just cut me out. <laughs> Somebody's got to get up. <laughs> Um, so thanks to Seawolf for the theme music uh, rate and review the show uh, subscribe on iTunes or the podcast for your choice we are only a few reviews away from doing the next hit me as hard as you can now I don't know if you're familiar with this episode that we do here you might find this intriguing what we have promised folks is if we get 10 reviews on iTunes we will do a new installment of a special episode uh, which is hit me as hard as you can where Tom and I pick films that we think will cause the other person the most pain uh, thus far, you have actually done a better job of that than I did, because I would say that if Tom if Tom had the shit to be watching Solo or Spice World again, I would say... I would, I would watch Spice World. Yeah. Oh, um, but I can tell you, I can tell you for the next time, I got something special. Uh, so please keep reviewing the show. Get us closer. He's going to fail again. I don't know. I don't know. I, I know what you hate. Um, so think about that. Uh, I just want to say, I've got a new article coming up. 
Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at NKOAS, I should say. At RagingBull1990. At Vice Victus. That's V Y C E V I C T U S. Yes. Uh, I believe your banner image is still a slave master getting murdered in. Um... <laughs> is it no, it's actually my annual review of war films from a better perspective. But I should go back probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a new article coming out that's going to be, uh, should be out by the time uh, this goes up, which is a list article on CBR.com, Sound for Resources, about superheroes that became jokes. Uh, ranging everything from Aquaman, who was once kind of powerful and now everybody laughs at, to characters like Space Ghost and Birdman, who have actually become comedic characters. Uh, so that's what I'm going to plug, Tom, if you, uh, if you want to plug. Uh, I don't know if it'll be out by the time this episode drops, but uh, the piece I'm working on now is uh, franchises that peaked with the first movie. Uh, Spike to say, Solo will not be on the list. <laughs> um, and then, God. Normally, you guys know, we normally throw out a plug for something else that's you know that we love another podcast another album whatever uh, but we're gonna give our, our guest uh, Vice Victus a chance to plug something that he really uh, loved that he thinks people are missing out on so uh, well at first I'll just say I plug myself uh, my next article will be the, the uh, review of The Predator coming out uh, this year so that'll be on BBLC.net so please check out my own messages there and uh, as far as anything else you know what right now I'm into uh, the DreamWorks Netflix Voltron series I was it's made from the same appearance uh, of the Avatar Last Airbender series, you know, the core, so it's a pretty, pretty high up there quality of a uh, of pedigree there, and uh, it's it's just fun, it's just it's just relaxing. It's not too serious, but there is like heart and gravitas to it. But it's it's just you know it's giant robots fighting monsters in space, and it's well made, it's well thought out, and uh, it's way better than that crappy mangled, poorly dubbed, well fully remembered nostalgia rank fest that you were expecting to think of. Get that. I wish I had this cartoon when I was a kid. This new Voltron. It was, it's, it's, it's great. Just give it a try. All right. And uh, just to give you guys an idea, what we're doing next episode, we're back to our usual format. I'm picking a film for Tom. Tom's picking a film for me. Uh, I am going to have Tom watch a classic comedy. Uh, Tom has never seen a movie by the Marx Brothers. So we are going to be talking about Duck Soup. And uh, I'm going to keep the, uh, the trend up this week. Uh, it's going to be another lighthearted romp. Uh, I'm going to pick 1971's uh, Straw Dogs by Sam Peckinpah. Uh, if you ever wanted to laugh at what uh, what Dustin Hoffman thinks is uh, a, a happy marriage. Oh, God. All right, and, so uh, we will see you guys next time for this fun mix.